I guess I should just start by saying everyone can follow my boy here, Steppy. You all know him, making the second appearance on my live stream feed. Uh, back in episode 34, he came on. We talked a lot about politics, and it was right after the election, so we kind of talked about that a little bit. Um, and you can follow him at P-W-E-A-S-E-N-O. Please know on Twitter. He's a legend. He's hilarious. He's interesting. Definitely give him a follow if you're on Twitter. Um, and you are a part of Not a Podcast, right? Which I'm pretty sure <laughs> is actually a podcast. Uh, I'll never say that on the record. And somehow <laughs> I did. I was recruited into becoming, I guess, uh, Allah forgive me, but a podcaster. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how embarrassing. <laughs> Yeah, at this point, it's cooler to not be a podcaster. I'm, I'm increasingly convinced. It's like, oh, wow, you don't have a podcast? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like 2016, 2018, where it was like, oh, man, I, I got I to gotta do one of these podcast things. Everyone's doing it. And yeah, now everyone's like, ooh, that was a bad idea. Well, let me scrub the internet from whatever stupid thing I tried to get started. <laughs> whatever mockery yeah. I made. Um well, yeah. Is it so? Can people find and follow it somewhere, or are you just not uh, with great difficulty? <laughs> which is kind of funny. It's, it's like <laughs> we've uh, really succeeded in creating some sort of like you know, like the animal fries that like in and out. Like it's like an off-menu podcast. Um, yeah. The the most central place that you can go for sure is uh, patreon.com slash nap official. Uh, I, I and then uh, if you search if you go to Spotify, the easiest way to find us because you can't just search not a podcast. That's not going to work. Uh, the easiest way to find us is to search the word wigger. Uh, <laughs> it'll be in like the top three results. <laughs> Somehow we monopolized that keyword. Good job. Well done. Good yeah. job. <laughs> Mission accomplished, you know, and insert George Bush meme here. Uh, yep. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, I love, I, I was searching for not a podcast like a f few months ago. Like I didn't know what it was or what was going on. I kind of thought it was like a joke, like literally a joke. And so I go to Spotify and I type in not a podcast and it brings up other people's podcasts. Mm. <laughs> like, like other people that are like kind of our mutual friends and stuff. Uh, it's kind of funny that like you're like trying to search for your podcast. I actually find other people's podcasts instead. Uh. <laughs> oh it's it's great it, like and there, we only make like four episodes publicly available and then we archive them so it's it's like really just the worst user experience possible <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love that and hate that at the same time because i want to because me personally i want to i want to listen and enjoy but it's also a hilarious concept um yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well, so last time, last time you're on the stream, you kind of told your like political life journey, but this time around, can you share with the people your spiritual journey and or your testimony? Ooh, okay. Uh, sure. Yeah. So let's see, I guess, uh, my spiritual journey. All right. So up until 
I'm I'm gonna be a little fuzzy with like years, but I'm gonna say like up until 2017, 18, uh, I was what you could call uh, sort of a redditor <laughs> in in my it, you know in my beliefs and interests, yeah, right? Don't say that. So out loud. what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, I know. Don't say that out loud. You, we can pretend that didn't exist. That didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like you know, 2016, I was like a like a Bernie guy. I think I talked about that last time. But um, you know, basically, like I, I just had the sort of bugman worldview of just like, well, we're all just these like individuals, uh, and like, I want to just maximize my, like, you know, the pleasure and enjoyment in my life and have no responsibility and no children and, uh, like just, you know, like go to some job that pays okay and just half-ass it and retire early and like, you know, just live a, a life of, you know, simple fleshly pleasure, right? So that was kind of where I was at. And then in, uh, I guess like 2017, uh, I got into like Jordan Peterson when he was starting to rise to fame. Like not quite when like he was like a national media figure with like, you know, that like Kathy Newman interview and all that. But like, you know, somewhere between that and the, uh, you know, his his like moment where he broke through with like the trans pronouns, like I'm not doing it, you know, like <laughs> not saying the bloody pronouns, it's compelled speech. <laughs> uh, so like some, era. oh yeah, exactly. Right before he's kind of official, official with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, feel what you want to feel about Jordan Peterson. I think he's a a haunted person who, you know, <laughs> sort of has has some kind of accidental or incidental utility to people in their lives. Uh, and uh, of course, like you know, you know, some people just like end up in a cult of personality around him or whatever. But. Uh, that that all being said, uh, I, you know I like deep dove uh, Jordan Peterson, and uh, it, it gave me an appreciation for at least like the symbolic layer of like, religion and spirituality. Like, oh, there's at least something here that's like resonant with people and compelling, um, and. You know, like those articles that, like the editorials they were running when the intellectual dark web thing was going on, where they would have some concerned mom like write like a New York Times opinion piece about how her son got like radicalized by falling down the YouTube rabbit hole or whatever. <laughs> uh, th that like absolutely did happen to me. Uh, so like I actually don't <laughs> think there's nothing to that. But, like, Jordan Peterson, like, Ben Shapiro and whatever, it's like, oh, all right, like, maybe I don't have to be, like, you know, a libtard, right? Like, I, I, maybe I don't have to be this, like, you know, super materialist, like, like I effing love science kind of guy. So once I, like, let myself be a little free of those hangups, it's like, okay, I'm going to just, like, see what else I 
wasn't letting myself see on the internet. And from there, it was just like a journey through, uh, you know, a, a lot of the like, you know, forbidden uh, opinions uh, or like non-mainstream opinions. Like I, I've binged every single person who is a rabbit hole, right? Like Gavin McInnes, uh, Dave Smith, like Owen Benjamin when he was on YouTube, um, like Michael Malice, whatever. And, and like, it's, you know, some of these people, it's like, all right, I'm kind of like over, you know, X, Y, or Z. But like, I definitely explored all of those people, all, all those like, you know, bad no-no people. And uh <laughs> Uh, the naughty list. You know, a, a trend that I saw uh, when I was in that exploration was like, you know, the people here who I like the best, and really just a lot of these people, like, uh, are pro Christianity. And like, a lot of the people who they are warning me against and making good arguments against are like legitimately anti Christ. So it's like, uh, I, I really started to figure out, like, no, there is, like, sane and insane, good and evil, and it's pretty clear that this isn't just drawn along the lines of, like, religion versus atheism. It's, like, specifically Christianity versus all other belief systems. Like, that, that started yeah. to become pretty clear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I wish I had, like, a good... You know, a lot of people have like a, a, a moment in their like testimony where it's like, and that's when there was a blackout and like, you know, I didn't get in the car and like X, Y, and Z did or didn't happen. And like, I knew, right? Like, I, I don't have that moment. It, it was more just, I intellectualized myself into being okay with like, no, like, I, I think, like, faith is the way, and I think I got to look into Christianity. Um, I, I, there is a, just, like, a comment in passing that was uttered by Vox Day. I used to watch his live streams back when he was doing them on YouTube. And he said to someone who was, like, looking to explore Christianity, like, um, to pray for faith. Uh, it, like that—that that, that was like a a first step is just pray for faith, and uh, like that piece of advice resonated with me, and like I, you know, started to read the Bible, uh, just like a little bit, just like skimming Proverbs and the Gospels, and like tried to make myself pray, um, and it worked. Uh, I, I'm, you know, like definitely once you take that positive action and get over your hang up like you need to like make a free will decision to like actually exercise faith but once you do it like it, it's like you feel that it is rewarded and, and like from that point it was just like okay like this is this is me like I, i'm i'm on board and uh, in uh 2020, uh, I made it uh, like a point to read through the whole Bible. Uh, so, you know, I, I mean, not with any significant level of depth, just kind of like reading it like a book. But like, yeah, I, I, you know, it's, it's been sort of just a 
incremental growth in, in, towards you know familiarity with sort of the landscape of Christianity and the Bible, and it's been all good. I, like I watched like. I mean, again, YouTube radicalized me. Uh, I watched like <laughs> hundreds of, uh, and, and and again, another controversial person, not someone. I, 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 disclaimers are so lame, uh, but like, <laughs> uh, like, you know, like someone who was very compelling and like knew the material of the Bible that I watched a lot of was Steven Anderson. Like he, he knows the Bible. Whether or not you agree with all of his doctrine, I don't. Um, but uh, I, I, I watched like, you know, a hundred plus of, of his sermons and just like learned so much through exposure and repetition. Uh, and and uh, Chuck Baldwin is another good one from uh, Liberty Fellowship, another really good preacher. But yeah, that's just kind of my story. It just the internet radicalized me, so it's not all bad. <laughs> well, I think it's, I think that just proves true that, you know, those who seek shall find, right? Those whose hearts start to turn away from the absence of God and start seeking towards the truth, like you're inevitably going to end up in the light, right? Once you're tired of the darkness yeah, absolutely. and you're seeking the light, hey, hey, like God will find a way to put the right people and places in your path to like lead you there. In one way or another. And, and I will say that everything in my life has improved since I've, I, I mean, not like, you know, uh, comfort on this earth is the ultimate goal, but like you are, <clears throat> like there are certain like rewards in place, uh, e even just like your mindset and the way that you navigate your daily life, right? But like e everything in my life has been better since I've gone down this path, like I got married. I like, yeah. it, you know, uh, I knocked up my wife. She's pregnant. Uh, I've got a house. I, you know, improved my standing at work and like take my job more seriously. Like it, it, it's just everything's gotten better. So, it, you know, aside from like spiritual growth, it's been a good uh, journey just from a personal standpoint for me too. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's good. That's great to hear. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, are you ready to be a father? I mean, I have to be, uh, <laughs> and, and arguably, arguably, <laughs> am I not already a father? Be. I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's the consistent pro-life position is that I'm already a father. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> it's uh, what happens will happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you better be. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So, how many children are y'all gonna have? Like six or eight? Uh, I mean, I guess the the plan is just to throw caution to the wind until, uh, you know, it becomes <laughs> a bad idea from a pure genetic standpoint. So uh, we, we got some years ahead of us. So hopefully plenty. <laughs> yeah, we need Christian babies. We got to start being fruitful and multiplying. So we need good people like you to uh, help us repopulate this place.
be the be the strong men that uh, arise out of the hard times. Yeah, I I, I haven't passed uh, replacement rate yet, but uh, <laughs> you know, I'll let you know after the third baby. <laughs> yeah, we'll sell you a we'll throw you a party, a replacement <laughs> rate party. <laughs> uh, speaking of being a strong man, did you uh, Peloton today or what? <laughs> boy uh yeah I, I i i look i do at least one class on the peloton every single day uh it might be a cycling class it might be a two pound dumbbell class but but, but yeah. i do do it yeah uh yeah today was, i think i did like a bike boot camp it was like biking and cardio uh peloton is a terrible company <laughs> do not support them uh but uh somehow it became a meme with me yeah <laughs> yeah terrible company yet i continue to use <laughs> i continue to go back well I, I, i'll i'll attempt to rationalize that decision um my wife <laughs> had uh, uh a membership to a large uh chain it, um orange theory if you're familiar with it but I've seen them but i've uh, never like um been to one or know someone that's been to one. yeah it, it's like a you know group fitness classes or whatever but it's definitely you know globo homo kind of stuff <laughs> i uh, like it's like Peloton. it's actually orange like there's actually like orange lights and stuff in there that's kind extremely of extremely orange yeah <laughs> it's uh, kind of funny <laughs> yeah uh anyway uh it, it was a condition of her uh canceling the much more expensive orange theory membership it's like look uh, what if we just got one of these bikes? Uh, so, uh, it was a bargain. <laughs> nice. Really? Because Pelotons are pretty expensive, right? Uh, I might, might yeah. yeah. Yeah, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's expensive, but you don't pay for, like, the membership or anything or the classes, right? You just pay one time and it's over? Oh, no. Oh, no. It's it's oh, $40 a month forever. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> ouch okay oh yeah never mind but I, I go on there and i i own the libs so I, yeah I, i'm out cardioing the libs that's that's my goal i i try to put uh inflammatory and provocative hashtags uh on my profile so i show up on the leaderboard um and it, you know it'll say some variation of like let's go brandon which i know isn't like super offensive but but they hate it yeah. they hate it and that's what matters uh, uh and and then i you know I, I try to smoke them and uh that's funny to me that is that's pretty awesome yeah yeah that you could definitely have a field day with some funny like names and stuff Fat shame yeah, 69 and <laughs> um, it's like, oh, yeah, I can't really it, it, argue with him because it's a fitness class, but yeah, he's making me mad <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> it's funny because um, there's like actually a culture war in the Peloton hashtags. Uh, this is not Ooh. something that is like talked about, but like it's it, it's uh, <laughs> all the top hashtags are like obvious like lib stuff the number one hashtag on the platform of course blm right um Ooh. and 
they ban certain hashtags. Like you can try to put in like, you know, hashtag MAGA or something. It's not going to work. Uh, hashtag let's go Brandon. It got banned after it had like 3000 people on it. And then people started typing in variations of it. And every like couple of days they block you from using that variation. So it's like this arms race. So now I'm on like, let's go Brandoon with like three zeros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can take our words, but you'll never take our spirit. <laughs> you'll never yeah. take our grit <laughs> to own the words. <laughs> um, right on. So as you're as you're pelotoning um today, <laughs> did you slonk any eggs along the uh, way? It, well, it, the slonk is always a post-workout uh, situation. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I've been uh, having, I would say, six or seven days a week. I'll have four to six raw eggs, and it's been been good to me. Uh, right, yeah. It uh, doesn't taste as gross as you think. I don't know. Have you slonked? I have. It does taste gross to me. Oh, well, um, have, okay, so just, it's, it are just you just... It feels weird. <laughs> yeah, let me give you it sits a critique weird. Here. It sits weird have, in my, my belly and stuff, but... <laughs> oh, well, that I can't help you with. But did you just, cra did you just crack the eggs into the glass and, and drink them, like, as is, uh, with, like, the intact yolks? Yes. Okay. What you want to do, if you're going to attempt this again, is you shake them up so crack them into like a mason jar or like a shaker bottle and shake it up until you have a consistent uh like you know puree of eggs uh and then it drinks kind of like a like an eggnog or a shake uh, and you don't get like the the lumps do i like scramble them or it's just like a quick yeah shake? exactly you just yeah. scram just shake them up until they're scrambled exactly yeah that's what i didn't like was like the glug 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 <laughs> It's just like the egg yolks you're swallowing, like the whole egg yolk, you know? Yeah, it's weird. It's uh, like, you actually do grow to enjoy it after repeated exposure. It's like nutritional Stockholm Syndrome. Uh, <laughs> like, your body just starts to realize, like, no, this thing that you do every day is, like, extremely nourishing. And I'm going to choose to enjoy it. Like, all right, here's another meme thing that I've been doing for my health. Uh, is uh, raw liver. I, I went to, there's like a farm-to-table butcher shop nearby uh i bought half of a cow liver which is like i think the whole thing would be like 12 pounds or something but bought the cow liver cube it up and put it in a tupperware in the freezer and then every morning the first thing i eat every day is just i'll take like an ounce or two of liver cubes and just chew them up like frozen uh and it's really weird because the first time I've tried to enjoy liver plenty of times and like when you cook it like all hot and stuff, the consistency is so gross. But like I've grown to enjoy the taste of these like liver cubes so much that when I'm like breaking my fast in the morning, it's like, oh man, like I get to eat some frozen liver cubes. Like I'm, I'm pumped. <laughs> it, it, it like tastes like blood. But it's this very like predatory moment where it's just like, yeah, this tastes like blood. <laughs> I'm all about it. 
I might not be joining you with that um, in so soon. I'll I'll, uh, I'll do some research on that. I'll have to <laughs> I'll have to hear some well, uh, it's, some other people it, claiming it's a good thing to eat. <laughs> That's it's it's nature's like, nature's matter. multivitamin, man. <laughs> it's good for you. I'll give the eggs another try, and I'll get back to you. Um, because that's a good call. I didn't think about the fact of like scrambling them up. Um, yeah, and the other thing about uh, organ meats is it's really good for uh, pregnant women and nursing mothers. So I've been trying to meme like my wife into <laughs> eating organ meats. Uh, I'm not trying to get her on the raw liver because I don't want to be liable if somehow that goes poorly. But like, I've been buying like dehydrated organ capsules for her. <laughs> So, some something to look into when uh, when you make a decent woman out of your uh, girlfriend. There is yeah. you're gonna have to start getting her on some organ meats. <laughs> you, you listening? I know she's listening somewhere now or right now live in the chat or at some point in the near future. Hear that, honey? <laughs> we got a new diet for you. Um... <laughs> Liver cubes. Liver cubes. Yeah. <laughs> She's gonna love it. She hates like she's the most picky eater ever, so she's gonna love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. What what's up with seed oils? Are you into that whole like conspiracy going around right now and theories? I, I mean, I I unapologetically peddle every single meat eating. Uh, right-wing nutritional conspiracy theory that exists and and if I don't it's because I haven't heard of it so yeah <laughs> seed oils are terrible um, yeah. they poison you know uh, I mean they're inflaming your whole body don't eat them <laughs> any tissue that uh, your body makes out of seed oils is like you know just trash tissue and it's gonna tear and break on you like uh, apparently ACL injuries are like super high and people who eat a bunch of seed oils because they're like building crappy ligaments and then you know, like their knees are just crumbling all the time uh, so yeah it's in everything uh, don't don't eat the seed oils uh, yeah. either animal fat butter lard um, and if you have to eat plant oils it's uh, avocado olive and uh coconut and that's it you gotta go saturated or or nothing yeah i've been trying to go coconut what about olive oil is that did you just say that in that list yeah olive's good it's, olive oil it's coconut good. and natural butter and what was that the one you just said sorry i mean as far as the plant ones it's coconut olive and uh, avocado. Oh, avocado but uh yeah other than that animal fats only that's that's the way and you got to read those labels, man, because like yeah. it, it, it's amazing. Like you never realize how how it's it, it's worse than corn syrup. Like it's yeah. in everything, everything. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I just heard about it. You know, it's one of those things. Like I've I've always known they're bad. You know, like it's just so unnatural. Like you're like soy's bad. And it's kind of like a joke almost you make with your friends. I don't know if this. If you're this silly about it, but like people just be like drinking a diet Pepsi and they're just like, oh, I know this is full of chemicals and gonna give me cancer, ha ha ha, you know, glug 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 glug, <laughs> just drink it anyways. Kind of laugh about how it's gonna like poison your body, but you just kind of drink it anyways and you're like, yeah, I know it's bad, but it's, eh, whatever. It tastes good. It's easy. It's convenient. I'll just drink a, one can. Can't hurt. 
But um, when you really start to like think about how much you're consuming, like, and also when you really truly learn how bad it actually is for you, and, and you start to like put those puzzle pieces together, <laughs> you start to really realize like, I need to not be doing this stuff, like not even once or extremely limited doses. Yeah. <laughs> And so yeah, I've been really I, I, like I the think... last last month or two. I've actually really been getting into like reading labels, and I went through my fridge and like threw half of my stuff out. Um, I'm still the thing I can't get over is like condiments, like barbecue sauce, and I mean I'm addicted to like Chick Fil A <laughs> and like the Chick Fil A. Oh, sauces. unfortunately, they they use Antichrist oil at yeah, the Chick Fil A. I, I know. So that's another it, thing where it's like you man, can I'm only trust start. the Buffalo Wild Wings. Buffalo Wild Wings fries their wings in lard. Really? Ooh, that's good to know. Mm -hmm. Are there any other like places like that? You know, they're like actually. <laughs> uh the only other places are just gonna be places where the food is like so <clears throat> simple that like it couldn't possibly have seed oils like if you go to like a salad bar or something and you're just like getting the, the grilled chicken no it's like anywhere that like does any deep frying it, it's yeah. always seed oils uh anywhere that like e even just cooks like hot food like probably seed oils touched it at some point yeah, I'm coming. I'm like finally coming to terms with that, and like not laughing it off or playing it off. Like, ah, eh, whatever. I'll deal with that when I'm old. It's like, no, I got to deal with this right now. Uh. Yeah. Well, there's like <laughs> a a myth that that I think we are not explicitly taught, but that most people implicitly come to have, which is that you can power through like bad nutrition. And that your body is like this amazing like processing plant that can just break everything down into like these little atomic components and then just reassemble cells. You know, just like it's a bunch of Legos in your body and it's like, oh, all right, I'll just turn this into vitamin A and like fatty acids and, and like make some new cells. But like where you got the nutrition in your food from matters and it's going into your cells in more of a like the the thumbprint of the quality of that food lingers in your body for longer than you think like months or years yeah. like you can actually test people's fatty tissue and get a sense of what the composition of their diet was in terms of like omega-6 omega-3 so like it's not like oh i'm just gonna like you know eat this bag of m&ms today and then in two weeks it'll be like it never happened no there's like actually very long-term effects from every food decision you make uh, and that's not even to mention like the gut biome right like you're training the bacteria uh, in your stomach, which is really like the extension of your brain in terms of like appetite and nutrition. You're like, you're training your gut biome when you eat crappy food to expect and crave more crappy food. So it is one of those like vicious cycles. Yeah, absolutely. What do you, have you heard about the worms? <laughs> no, tell me about the worms. <laughs> the worms i think it's like people use it as a phrase to like talk about like the parasites in your body and it's kind of what you're mm. saying like the parasites of your body get addicted to stuff like sugars or seed oils and it literally like see i don't know how much of this is like pseudoscience or just people being like goofy on the internet and like making stuff up or oversimplifying things 
the idea is that like the parasites in your bodies crave certain things and it leads your mind to make stupid decisions almost like literally like yes. a parasite controlling the host where like your brain starts craving chick-fil-a because the worms quote unquote the parasites in your body are like i need that <laughs> i need that corn no dude soy. this is <laughs> it's literally literally true yeah. uh you like yeah the the worms I, I don't know about it like influencing your like brain and decision making although there's like evidence with the bacteria doing that um but there are like most people are carrying around worms and like a not insignificant quantity you can actually put people on certain uh detox diets or like uh herbal cleanses that will i i i forget what it, i think like pumpkin seeds because uh, again like seeds are toxic and that's why the seed oils are bad but like pumpkin seeds are a level of toxic that like you can survive uh eating a bunch of pumpkin seeds for a few days but all the worms and parasites in your body can't so there's like a there's cleanses you can do where you just like you know eat nothing but like pumpkin seeds for like three days straight and you will pass a bunch of worms and <laughs> i am told on good authority that that is like literally true and everyone could pretty much reliably make it happen if they felt like it yeah yeah i've seen that like so coffee grounds bear in my chat right now says have you tried castor oil that expels the parasites. I've only heard, but never tried it. So I've heard of cast, well, I, castor oil and I've used turpentine before, like natural. Oh turpentine. yeah, tell me about turpentine. I'd love to be turpentine pilled here. <laughs> turp, you gotta get on the turp, bro. Sip it on that turp. <laughs> Turple drink. I, I turp burp every once in a while when I do it. Yeah, I do um, I do like, like probably three or four days every month. I do like little sips of turpentine and i've heard it's good for like keeping colds away and stuff and it kind of combats the parasites in your bodies but you're not supposed to do like do too much of it so i only do like little tiny bits of it like a couple days a month but i've heard castor oil is the same but better and what okay. grounds very much at is saying that it expels the parasites and i've seen videos online of people's like stool samples and you can literally see worms like little Wow. They look like little worms, you know, coming out, um, <laughs> which is creepy, which is really, really. Uh. <laughs> no, there, there is uh, such a thing as castor oil, uh, like death, right? Like you can kill yourself through laxative overdose with that. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think that was it might have been like Mussolini or something but there there was some like dictator who like made their political enemies drink castor oil oh, ooh. That's now I'm sure the doses we're talking about here for the worms is probably like a teaspoon or whatever and he was probably making them drink like a bottle I, I don't know I'm spitballing but no yeah the worms are real uh, I haven't dealt with my worms <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and my boy Nick says, um, so two, two-parter here in the chat. He says, castor oil has a long history of removing parasites. And he says, it was Mussolini. <laughs> oh, okay. So I gotta there do we some, go. Looks like I got some good research on my hands to do after, uh, <laughs> after we end tonight. Um, yeah, your search history is just going to be like <laughs> liver cubes. Uh, <laughs> get girlfriend to eat meat organs. Yeah, how to trick girlfriend into eating 
organs. <laughs> uh, I, I hear, Smoking by the way, that eggs. you can put it in a meatloaf. Ooh, good call. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's different things you could grind it up and put it in, like tacos, and just don't tell her. Like, honey, I made tacos. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah it, it's just, if don't you don't just... ask any questions about what it is. It's ground beef. Yeah, it's just ground. It's beef. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about what, what part of the cow. It's just beef. Yeah. I mean, remember when, like, Taco Bell got, like, outed for selling, like, 10% oatmeal in their ground beef or something for, like, years? Like, 10% <laughs> liver would go completely unnoticed. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to figure that out. Speaking of which, do you, do you have any gravy you want to share? Any, like, um, tasty gravy that you're, you've been sipping on lately? About anything? Yeah anything or if you uh, want to go more more into the like what we've been talking about oh man uh i don't know i haven't really encountered any new rabbit holes i guess i've just been on the nutrition kick uh it's uh th this is really my current area of uh autism at the moment <laughs> Yeah, said said my boy said in the chat says Subway and the plastic bread. And yeah, guess, yeah, the yoga mats. I, I think it was like the same chemical that makes the yoga mat spongy or something. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I read a thing after that that um, because of that they went out of their way to correct the mistake, and now Subway is one of the most like actually healthy breads. So I think some of that, I think yeah. Taco Bell, that, I think when you said the thing about Taco Bell, I think that happened with them too, where they were outed because they were putting like less, you know, I think it was like, I think the thing with the, is it the FDA that regulates it or one of the government agencies, it was like 20%. So your, your, your meat has to be at least 20% meat to be considered meat, <laughs> which means 80% um, of your meat can be like soy and just gunk. <laughs> Just edible nonsense. That's just the cheapest com combination you can make, but it has so to. So you like you 20... want the? <laughs> Am I wrong about this? You want the, the the you want the real red pill on Subway. That's like still true. Um, yeah. Is that almost all of the meat that they sell is actually turkey, uh, and they just literally call it other things. So. Oh, really? Like the Subway cold cut combo sandwich uh, is turkey based ham, bologna, and salami. They're they're they've created a product called Turkey Ham, and they just say like this is our ham. <laughs> but like in the fine print, it's all turkey. <laughs> that's kind of smart, though. I mean, that's <laughs> that's kind of genius. Like you don't have to like worry about getting different distributors. Um, well, he, here's a, a surprising, well, a not surprising consequence of this is all Subway menu items are, oh no, in Turkey are halal certified. <laughs> all right, that was a little Googling accident with the word Turkey. I was thinking like, oh man, well, like you can eat the ham if, <laughs> if you're Muslim. It's Turkey. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, but the thing about, yeah, um, Coffee Grounds in the chat says, I thought Taco Bell got called out for using horse meat in their tacos. And I'm pretty sure that was a myth, a debunked myth. I th didn't that happen to Ikea? I'm not sure. I, yeah, there were... Uh, See, is that stuff real? Some... That, like, 
Because that seems like that would actually was, be a big deal and like widely talked about. And I feel like it's like only here like this, like on the internet and <laughs> rumors, like the rumor mill. So in the Czech Republic, the, uh, IKEA had horse meat traces in their meatballs. Really? Uh, so there you go. Is horse meat really that bad? Is that just one of those great, things where it's like socially bad, but is it actually like unhealthy and or causing harm or problems? I mean, if horse meat was that bad, why is there this saying about eating horses? Like, I I am so hungry, I could eat a horse. <laughs> like, you know, it's like oh, I could yeah. I could get a pizza. Like, I could eat a horse. <laughs> yeah, can I get a horse pizza? What? <laughs> Yeah, y'all don't have that horse meat? <laughs> That's the thing, like... I, All I'm saying I've, is if you gave me frozen horse liver... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, keep the liver... Keep the organs away from Steffi. He will, he will eat them, no questions asked. In cubes every morning. <laughs> That's the thing I've heard about, like, the cats and dogs thing in China or whatever, is, like, apparently it's good meat. It's just so crazy to us that, like, we... You know, it's almost propaganda. It's like the social brainwashing from us makes it seem like so bad and so horrible and preposterous. And then people are like led to believe it's almost like unhealthy, but it's like they eat it and it's supposedly good. So I wonder how much of like all that food is like that, like the dolphin, like people in Japan eating dolphin and shark fins and stuff. Whereas like us, that's like, oh, that's horrible. That's that's mean that's bad that's unhealthy i just i wonder how much of that is like social engineering versus like actual health risk problems you know what i want to know what like a meat dog looks like because i have this (laughs) conception of a dog in my head as like something athletic and not particularly meaty but like you know that the the chinese are just breeding like good like roasters right so like yeah. these are probably some heckin chonkers as they say on reddit.com <laughs> yeah yeah those big cats those big fat cats <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah the thing because real quick, we don't have to talk about this all night. But uh, the thing I heard about Taco Bell was they basically got caught like really putting no meat in their meat. Like 15% of their quote unquote meat was meat. And the legal limit from like the government agency is 20%. So Taco Bell then like had to cor- overcorrect. So then they started putting like 30% meat in their meat. Which meant like all of a sudden now Taco Bell has the most meat in their meat and all the other fast food places that are like really as close to 20% as possible. So I heard Taco Bell, and they might have got, Coffee Grounds Bear in the chat is pretty adamant by saying that in 2012 they got caught putting horse meat in their meat. But from what I've heard, is like they overcorrected things, and now Taco Bell actually has some of like the meatiest meat. <laughs> Which is still low. I mean, 30% is, is still means there's 70% just garbage in there, but... It's kind of one of those things like when those place, when those people get caught, they have to like overcorrect and it actually makes it kind of fairly healthier. But also like what said says in my chat is never eat fast food. And I'm just going to go with that. <laughs> At yep. the end of the day, just that, don't that eat is... any of the fast food. <laughs> don't, you don't have to well, you can eat the Buffalo Wild Wings. That's it though. <laughs> That's good. That's good to know. That's good to know. If I'm ever in a pinch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 
never eat fast food. Um, well, right on. What is, um, what's, are you into like any like conspiracy theories lately? Like what's your favorite conspiracy theory as of late? I really don't go, I don't know. I'm, I'm more into like lately it's not conspiracies i've kind of like solidified uh, like the big ones in my head and it's like all right like I, i've got my the, the real ones you know my yeah <laughs> like i've sort of got my mental map of, of at least you know a few of the big picture items and uh i don't know i'm more like just being a weirdo about like uh Bitcoin and like nutrition and uh, it, sort of trying to prep for the uh, the dark winter that's gonna kill us all. <laughs> yeah, the, so uh... I guess well, uh, that's a conspiracy theory I've been thinking about lately. Is just all these like veiled threats uh, by the elites to just like make our lives miserable, like Bill Gates threatening to like release smallpox on the world and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, it wasn't cyber or uh, smallpox terrorists and cyber terrorists. And so it's like, yep. get ready for it. <laughs> they're like hinting at the false flags that are like pre-programming the false flags now. Um, what do you think about Bitcoin? Do you? Th I'm starting to think more and more that it's just like a total scam. Like by the elites. For uh, the elites. Whereas like everyone well, thinks also, it's like they're, it's the solution to fight the elites. And it almost seems like that's exactly what they want us to think, right? Or I'll, I'll say this. It, it's more of the solution than any other money that exists. Uh, now, that doesn't mean you have to trust it with your heart and soul. Uh, because as, as my pinned tweet says, uh, if you think Bitcoin is going to fix things, wait until you hear about Jesus, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. amen. But, uh, amen. <laughs> yeah, amen indeed. Um, but it, it, like, it's the most trustworthy money there is. If you look at the landscape of other options, you're just screwed ten ways to Sunday. You can't trust any government currency on this earth. Uh, they're all backed by the U.S. dollar, ultimately. Uh, and like that's certainly not trustworthy you know precious metals are heavily manipulated uh you can trust uh sort of assets and like social um clout uh, to a degree but that's not scalable that puts you at a subsistence living standard right like it just like you know it's good to have you know beans and bullets and and neighbors like I, i'm for that uh and i've been working on building that myself but that's not money uh, so as far as the monies that exist, uh, Bitcoin is kind of the only game in town. And yeah, all of the, you know, elites are starting to pile into it and, and they're going to benefit, you know, as much or more from you know, like Bitcoinization if it happens uh, than, you know, all these Joe Schmo libertarians who've been putting their paychecks into it. But uh <laughs> what are you gonna do right like it, 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 these are just the rulers of this world they're always going to be the ones with the most economic power uh i i think they're happier with the u.s dollar regime than they are with a bitcoin regime because it's 
more work to control you know like there's sort of like the boomer analysis in the conspiracy world of like well bitcoin is uh that's the digital currency that the elites want no it's not it is a digital currency which is something the elites want but they want the digital dollar they don't want this uh they don't want bitcoin because there's you know armies of nerds trying to and succeeding at, at putting <laughs> privacy solutions in place right like there's just too many tools of, of like subversion and privacy built into the bitcoin network so i think they love the idea of digital currency uh and, and maybe bitcoin is a way to sort of maybe onboard people to the next digital currency or whatever but the, you know they, they only love it because it's a way for them to you know safe haven their billions that, that's that's what i think yeah yeah i just what have you, did you know about or hear about that that thing where mark zuckerberg puts out some weird facebook video some weird video or whatever maybe not for facebook and he's like talking about his goats how he has two goats and it's one of those things like, oh, ha, ha, everyone's like memeing it. Like, oh, look at Mark Zuckerberg trying to pretend to be human. You know, oh, look at the robot pretending to be a human. He's just like us. He has goats, you know. But in yeah, it... his goats, Baphomet and Beelzebub. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, so the names, the names, he's like, he like specifically really points out like, here are my two goats, Max and Bitcoin. Max and Bitcoin. And then the next day or like two days later, Bitcoin fell. That was that big drop from 60 to 30 or whatever that happened like two months ago. Okay. So what did he know? <laughs> like max Bitcoin at 60 and then it drops, you know, and ever since it's like, I think it just barely broke over a little, a little bit higher than 60 last week. So it dropped down to 30, uh, starts rising back up to about like 66 or something, 65, and then now it's dropped again to like 45. So what yeah, did Mark Zuckerberg know like about the maximum something. Bitcoin level being 60? <laughs> like, and releasing um, this video a day or two before the big drop. Like, that seems shady I, <laughs> and suspicious. I think you have the, you have the wrong reptile. Uh, Elon Musk was the man responsible for, I, like, that whole summer 2021 uh bitcoin pump from like 30 to 60 and back down to 30 that was all elon musk he, like right. it, that was when he was just going on and like memeing like rocket ship posts on twitter and like you know moving a bunch of tesla money into bitcoin and then like right at the top he like said some dumb crap about like oh bitcoin's bad for carbon emissions and like right. it, it was like some fake that's yeah yeah, that, so that, like, that was what tanked it. Like, it was just, like, Elon pumping his bags and, like, getting out. So, uh, but, but what yeah. Did Mark Zuck how did Mark Zuckerberg know that, and why did he tell us that? Because that's not a coincidence. That's, I don't, I do not believe no. that's a coincidence at all. Like, that was a weird video that he put out. Why did he name his goats that? And it wasn't, here's my goats, Bitcoin and Max. <laughs> <laughs> it was max bitcoin and then two days later it drops like astronomically so he knew something and then it just makes me believe like is the whole thing fake or is some of it fake and like those really rich people really kind of just know they're plugged into it they have insider information or something but i i think thing there's just really uh... made me just really pump the brakes on bitcoin and be like i just really don't want anything to do with this after that 
Well, I think the market is still small at this point to the point where like whales like Zuckerberg and Elon have an immense influence and they can kind of momentum trade the entire thing up and down if they feel like it. Uh, at least in the short term, you know, it's. I don't think they can just say like, well, I'm just going to drive Bitcoin to zero forever, right? Because they can't destroy the demand, but they can uh, make trades that cause a lot of like stop losses to trigger and like sort of create downward or upward momentum. Uh, so that's certainly something. So it, it, look, if, if Zuckerberg, like, you know, made a financial play and engineered a short term Bitcoin crash, like, I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, why not? Like, <laughs> yeah. and maybe he made a you know a billion dollars off it. Like, I, I mean, yeah. That, that, look, that's that's why you hodl. You, you just buy it. You don't touch it, and then none of this affects you. <laughs> yeah, hodl. Keep hodling. Yeah, my buddy, one of my old friends in uh, San Diego. He's actually blowing up all of a sudden. He was kind of our comedian friend. Now he's like really famous and on like. He does the commercials for uh, Manscaped razors now. <laughs> okay. Like, whoa, he's he's famous now. He does uh you know pubic hair razor commercials. <laughs> yeah. It's a weird weird uh, brag to you know bring up in front of your friends and family or whatever. But yeah, he's really funny. But he has this whole bit about Bitcoin being like fake, where he's just kind of like the concept. Of course, I'm gonna butcher the joke, but and kind of oversimplify it. But he's like. Yeah, that's a big scam, right? Bitcoin is like, when did like a bunch of losers just all of a sudden like get really rich? <laughs> like that just doesn't happen. They don't let that happen, right? And he's like, isn't it also convenient that like right after Occupy Wall Street happened, like Bitcoin happened and everyone got rich where like everyone at Occupy was like, F the banks, fight the system. And then the banks were like, here's a bunch of fake money. And everyone was like, cool, we don't care about the banks anymore. <laughs> we're distracted by our fake money now. So I kind of like that. Like there's, I think there is like some truth to that where it might not be as big of a controlled op as that, but I think there's a lot of truth to that where like people really did kind of like lay off the banks because they were like, oh, well, I found a way to make money off of this fake thing over here. <laughs> this thing yeah. that only exists on the computer screens and can't exist in my hands at all. Um. <laughs> Another thing that lines up with, uh, I, I, oh, I'm, I'm a firm believer, by the way, that Occupy Wall Street was like one of the last authentic movements that happened. And yeah. yes, like it was just a bunch of like left wing, like loser nerds. But like, <laughs> I, I actually think it was like one of the last real grassroots things that ever happened yeah. uh, because everything in the you know completely fake and engineered news cycle from here on out is like all about downplaying economic populism and distracting you from ever talking about the banks uh and one analysis that someone did uh was uh to look at like how the end of occupy wall street coincided perfectly with the entire media going woke at the same time like they like you know just looked at like here's how many times like 
you, you know, words like equity and like gender and like <laughs> all these things like showed up in the New York Times, Washington Post, blah, 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 all of them, like before Occupy Wall Street and then after. And the graph just goes exponential. It's like, oh, you just pivoted everyone into stupid social issues. And, and like, like, you know, man, we were we were adults like before this stuff was in the public consciousness, like before like second Obama. Uh, like it, it, people used to be normal like they used to be able to have normal conversations but like it all the woke stuff is like so clearly an op from like the boardrooms of these banks to just get the heat off of them yeah I, I firmly believe that yeah absolutely yeah I think it's a I mean I think it's 20 different conspiracies in one but I think yeah the general premise is divide and conquer right <laughs> like oh no these yeah. people are really starting to unite against us uh let's throw a bunch of stuff into their social media to just keep them fighting at all times let's divide the races let's divide the sexes let's make them change their sexes let's make them change their races let's <laughs> let's make them really get intense about sports and politics that don't matter and yeah, there was a definitely like a crank, an intensity that was turned up. And I think that is right. Like 2014 is when I kind of noticed it. Like all the comedians started getting woke and all the actors and stuff. And I really do think that was like right around like 2014. And then Trump came in 2015. And it was like the, that was the pushback against it almost. Um, and then I can just keep rambling, but <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But and then Trump kind of almost was the gasoline on the fire. It was like, at first, it was kind of a pushback against the wokeness, but then there was even a pushback against that pushback that was like gasoline on the fire that, you know, the last five years has been insane. <laughs> and now he's getting booed at his own rallies uh, <laughs> for, like, telling people to get vaccinated. It's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. I think he's on the hero's journey, though, if you know about that. I think they're setting him up to be the hero's journey storyline where he's temporarily defeated only to make a big comeback and you know he's part of their script i don't think he's so you think actor. trump 2024 is is gonna happen well that was a question i had for you is do you think trump 2024 but i think yes and i think it's all manufactured i think they're gonna put him in there on purpose um i mean it, there's only two options at this point it's trump or desantis like so it's i think desantis is too much of like a morale threat to the system because like he's done a good job actually like showing people that the executive office of governor can have power it, like if someone with like half of a sense of morality chooses to wield it and that makes like the other 49 governors in america look bad uh, so they just want to like hide him and just call him Death Santis and talk about how everyone in Florida is dying. <laughs> like, uh, so he's definitely like off narrative. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I, I mean, Trump seems like the likely candidate at this point. I just wonder if he's still got the momentum. Yeah, I think they're going to manufacture it. I think they're going to do a one-two punch of Republicans. This is your only chance to take back power. And then also kind of a uh, push and maybe a, a kind of an authentic middle ground of like, Biden sucks so much that I'll screw it. I'll take Trump. Trump was better, you know. But yeah, I think they're going to manufacture it. I think it would make sense for them bigger picture. You know, when, when we're talking about the political theater and them just being chess pieces, <laughs> just 
play act, actors in the script or whatever if they put trump in at 2024 that would pretty much guarantee that there wouldn't be like an authentic right wing person in the presidency or at least viable for the presidency until like 32 <laughs> or 36 so i think it's almost yeah, like I, it would be very strategic for them to put trump in there because it would guarantee a republican would not win in 28 and then maybe they would win in 32. So if you really don't want the Republicans to like actually have authentic power <laughs> and this whole American first movement, this young conservative, like rising kind of demographic or wave or caucus, whatever you want to frame it as, the authentic Republicans that are kind of rising up right now that are young and energetic, it would really box them into a place where they won't be effective for like the next 10 to 15 years. So I think it's almost strategic for like the leftist slash corporatist to put Trump in there. And then I think the boomer right is going to just want it by default. But yeah, I mean, it's actually the best possible thing for the powers that be is to have like a divided government with a Republican president uh, who's like ineffectual. And then you can yeah. just like get the exact consolidation of power that you had from 2016 to 2020. And Trump was enough of a glimmer of hope that it sedated most of the right into not freaking out. Uh, it, it, there's actually been more productive populism post-Trump than there was during <laughs> Trump. And people are looking at like desperation strategies like localism. It's like, look at all the school board stuff that happened. And yeah. like, you know, Virginia just like completely flipping politically over like critical race theory. Like, I guess you could point to that and say, well, there's there's another organic grassroots movement. I lied. Occupy Wall Street wasn't the last one. But like, <laughs> I, I, I do believe that all the school board stuff is happening is like a legitimate grassroots righteous outrage against the entrenched bureaucratic class uh you know, like at, at, at the local level because you know at the national and state level the the villains are untouchable right like it, you can't like do anything to disempower senators presidents journalists uh but you can be like, you know what? Like this lady who lives like nine houses away and like keeps kicking me out of the school board meeting because I don't like the mask policy. Like, like I actually have some power and influence with this person because they live right there. Like, and they're not unaccountable. So like, that's why you've been seeing that kind of trend. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I think everything does getting more local. I think people are starting to, I mean, they're not telling you that on the screens because the screens are designed to make you think way too big. <laughs> the screens want you thinking about what's happening in Syria right now, not what's happening nine houses away from you or in your in your children's schools. It's like the last place they want you to look is like in your life. They want you focused on things that are way bigger and beyond you. I think people are. Yeah. People, you know, not, I mean, not that's bigger, like people, like everywhere, because I mean, the past two years have shown how many people are just so blind and dumbed down and asleep and distracted. But like, I think significant amounts of people out there in communities are starting to wake up and focus on their communities and focus on their families. It's just not being televised and it's not being talked about. Yeah, I totally agree. It's uh, like out of sheer desperation, people are just acting locally. And that's 
the only solution. Like, it, 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 there's like some sort of cosmic punishment if you try to like, <laughs> yeah. you know, seize the central levels of the power. Like, I, I just think that's like it's uh it's really like ungodly and gross and amoral to like you know just be like no like we we need to just like seize all the central power in this whole nation and just like fix the whole ship it's like i i think really like you know take a page from like the amish or the orthodox jews or something right and like build little insular communities that are singular in their focus and simply cannot be messed with for, for that reason. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's real power. Like that is real power and that is real wealth is like your family, your church, your community. And I think people are starting to kind of tap into that. Even if they don't realize it. I mean, I think people might not even be consciously aware of what they're doing, but I think it's just like, eh, all right, I gotta do some stuff here. <laughs> I got to get my stuff together, you know, here and now and not keep typing on the, on the internet. But like I said, I think when you're talking about percentages of the entire 330 million people, this isn't the case, but where it matters, I think it's the case. Meaningful. Yeah. Meaningful and and portions. people are uh, also like physically, ideologically segregating, which is a good thing. Like there are officially as of today, no sane people who are attempting to stay in New York City because now <laughs> there's, you know, vaccine yeah. mandates for children up to down to the age of five. <clears throat> and de Blasio wants to make it illegal to have a job, like any job whatsoever, private or public, unless you're vaccinated. Right. Oh, I, I hope I should. Sorry, vitamin aided. I, I know you're streaming <laughs> on like, numerous platforms. Nah, you're good. You're good. Um, the jabba but, dabba um, ding dong the uh the silly juice <laughs> yeah there you go the, but the i think people are needle. like you know in like a year from now if you're still living in new york city at this point it's your fault so like you you right, are like yeah. choosing to live in hell like hell on earth uh and people are definitely like voting with their feet like i moved out to the you know the countryside of new jersey uh from like Jersey City, right? Like it, 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 the sixth borough of New York. Uh, but like, you know, all the people like moving to Florida and stuff, like it, it, everyone who's not crazy is moving away from crazy people. And everyone who's crazy is digging in their heels and scaring away all the normal people. And that's, <laughs> that's gonna be good for the sane people over the long haul. Cause they're eventually just gonna be around other sane people. In, in enough numbers that, that their lives can actually improve and maybe they can, you know, have a good future for their kids. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, like, like, I think there's a lot of people consciously making that decision, like Michael Malice, right? Lifelong New Yorker moves down to Texas. Brittany Venti, like people who are like famous streamers in the public eye who like are just city born and raised, like forever city people who are now like, I gotta get out <laughs> like this is gonna be stupid for me if I stay and they don't know like th their whole life is I only know what it's like in the city I only know what it's like to live in Babylon and they're so like with their minds they're like I need to escape I need to get outside the city walls like as fast as possible and then there's people I think that are like subconsciously doing it like I was 
I mean, in 2019, I kind of just felt this like overwhelming pull by God to get me out of California. And he brought me to like Tennessee. And to this day, like I'm starting to figure out why, but I didn't know in the moment. I was like so confused, like, really? <laughs> Tennessee, like, I don't know anyone there. I don't have a job there. I'm not moving there for like a specific reason. It was just this like overwhelming feeling in the heart that God needed me, not only out of California, but in Tennessee. So of course I move and like three months later, Corona happens, everything shuts down. And I kind of look back and realize like, if I was still in California, I would not be having a good time. And this faith journey I'm on, this like spiritual journey where I'm like trying to seek God, pursue God, would have definitely been disrupted. You know, I would have definitely fell back into like bad habits and gotten too angry and emotional and stuff. So, I mean, looking back, it's like, without me knowing, like I didn't have a mental idea of like, yes, it's gonna be very smart for me to leave California and move to Tennessee and like have a mental plan. It was more like this subconscious, like gut feeling I had that God was like putting in my heart. And I think it's like a mix. I think some people are waking up to it mentally and some people are just like feeling this call that they need to like get out of Babylon and you know, leave the city and go somewhere else like to a more sane state or a more sane city or county. Yeah, I mean, it's a real walk by faith, not by sight kind of moment. Uh, I actually had a similar <clears throat> bout of luck uh, in 2020. Like, it just so happened that my uh, wife and I were, like, just done with the city. in, And we were like, we're just going to move out in April. So we already had plans to just be out of there uh we only had to live in jersey city for a month when it was like you know getting psychotic there uh but like we spent like a, almost a year in her parents basement which is like lame or whatever but actually it was awesome <laughs> uh, it, it was yeah. like you know it was a real like extended family in a time of need uh, moment and like yeah. you know I got to like bond with my in-laws uh, uh, my mother-in-law is awesome uh, you know real woman of God uh, a good person uh, so like it, it, and, and the, it was just something that like just kind of happened the way it happened uh, I, I would say it's divine providence like but I didn't really think going in like oh we better you know, tell the landlord we're moving out in April because there's going to be this uh, libtard pandemic. Like, no, it just played <laughs> out the way it should have played out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad it did. And God will open doors for you, right? And you just have to keep being willing to walk through them, like with hope and with confidence, with trust, with love. And when he closes a door for you, you can't just stubbornly and ignorantly, like, try to reopen it. <laughs> you know, you have to trust that, like, I don't understand it. I don't like it. But for some reason, God has just closed this door and does not want me to walk through it. So I won't, <laughs> despite the consequences, you know. And I think yeah, a lot of times it's, it's his will, his will, not yours. I think most of most or all of the problems in life are that is people trying to, like, stubbornly pursue their wants and their desires and dreams over what God actually needs from you. I know that's something I try so hard to like root out in like my prayer life is like not trying to impose my will upon what I am requesting or like seeking. It's like 
not just being like okay like god could you please do x y and z rather like oh could you just like make this all right right like just be a little more open-ended about it yeah yeah definitely we have one of the questions i had for you which is similar to what we're kind of talking about is um is receiving what you have prayed for a good thing um I mean, it, it's what you make of it. Uh, yeah. it obviously, there's an opportunity uh, for it to be a terrible thing. Uh, <laughs> because yeah. if, if you don't approach that with the correct humility, uh, like you might get caught up in the comfort of, you know, what you start to view as your own success. And, and glorify yourself and that would be the pitfall it's like oh i I was really i was really righteous and and i prayed and i got what i wanted and uh, like you you might start to think you did that right like so that's the threat but of course if you can avoid that pitfall i i think it is a good thing to receive what you prayed for uh yeah i mean you know you receive it for a reason like that's god's will yeah that's a good point i've struggled back and forth with that (laughs) it's been a question of my like uh, i'm going through the old testament right now and just reading through judges and samuel it just seems like you know those like the stubborn israelites are like we want this and then god kind of is like are you sure (laughs) (laughs) you sure okay i'll give it to you but it's not gonna be what you it's not gonna turn out the way you want it to turn out you know um yep so i kind of like that theme i've been thinking about that question a lot lately of like is that actually the worst thing that can happen to you is like you wanting something and then god giving it to you like should that be a moment where you hit pause (laughs) and reevaluate But like you, so you that's make a good point of, too, where it's like, maybe, well, what if what you want is actually aligning with what God needs from you? So that, that's that's, a good that's kind of what I was getting at with trying to pray for the right thing, right? Or like praying in the right way and not, you know, trying to impose your own solutions on God. It's like you can come up with examples where wanting the wrong thing in your specific like stupid way uh, was clearly bad for people in the bible it's like what about like the book of numbers when they're when the israelites were like tired of eating manna and like they you know demanded that moses get them meat and then they, they like you know had like a flock of pigeons like come and die and they ate so many pigeons like they got sick right so that's like a clear-cut example it's like okay you had a stupid desire you have like perfect food literally from heaven uh like why was this not good enough for you um but then there's examples where people have prayed with humility and received what god wanted them to have or made the choice that god wanted them to make and it was a good thing like um elisha uh prayed or i think it was elijah uh you know he was uh the forerunner of Elisha and what was it? He said like, I want a double portion of your wisdom or something like that. He wanted to 
be more of God's man than Elijah was. And like he got it and you know, that was a good thing. Like he, he used it to perform many miracles. So, you know, it's kind of, I think you can come up with cases for either side on that one. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Really good points. So I, I guess similarly, do you trust God's plan more than your own? I, I mean, I don't know what it is, but uh, I, I am <laughs> called upon. To, I'm called upon to trust it more than my own, and uh, you know, honestly, I, I, I don't get too married to my own plan. Uh, like uh, more than like a year into the future, because uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if if this happens to you, but like the more you realize that it is about God's plan, the more you just kind of like YOLO uh, certain decisions <laughs> and not saying that you make reckless decisions, but it's like, you know, panicking about stuff like, Oh, where do I live? What, what, what yeah. job do I do? Like all these like seemingly big questions. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel more inclined to like not nitpick the little details of them. Like that's such a materialist worldly viewpoint to like really try to optimize every little decision you make. Like I just kind of like throw a dart at, at the <laughs> the dartboard of reasonable decisions and just do where it lands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's groove. I mean, you can get in that groove of just being on it where like, I don't know. I've had, I've had these moments in my life, like, short periods long periods where it's just like what do i need to do and like literally it's just like okay i'm in a room full of people and i need to pick a table to sit at i don't know anyone at in this entire room and like you just kind of like almost like silent prayer you know you're just like lead me where you need me to go and then god will like almost just start guiding you <laughs> and you just sit down at the right table and you realize like it was the right table of people that you needed to talk to in that moment and make long-term connections with and it's like you could have easily picked like 10 other tables and it would have like it might have worked out you might have made some friends but it was for some reason god really was leading you to this one specific table at this one specific time and place and it was just so right and when you kind of just like have that faith, like leap of faith, I guess, like I don't know the right wording to put on it, but like that trusting of the Holy Spirit leading you in the right direction and you just follow it and not your mind, you tend to like end up in the right place in the right time, meeting the right people. So true. You just get like, man, like it. it's all about trusting the gut. The brain is so stupid. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Plus, yeah, yeah. But if your gut is full of worms, you might not want to trust it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Step one, clean your gut of all the worms and then trust it. <laughs> yeah, this is what I believe. <laughs> it has been said you know, by, by me right now, but it has been said. Uh, well, what is faith? Sorry, what is what? What is faith? What is faith? Um, wow. Uh, <laughs> Such a simple yet complex question at the same time. Yeah, Webster's Dictionary defines it. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. College exam uh, <laughs> rubric. I would say 
I'm not going to end up giving a good clinical definition, but uh, to me, it's the it's placing your own uh, sensibilities in in like subjugation to something that is not yourself. Like it, you submit yourself to an idea or. Uh, a concept or a being that is like you acknowledge is simply greater than you and your own reason. Uh, like that is the leap of faith to not try to, you know, be the highest being in your own inner dialogue. Uh, I mean, inversely, you could characterize lack of faith as trying to be your own God. So I, I would define faith as the inverse of trying to be your own God. Yeah, that's a good point. That's well said. Uh, what is, what is a man? Amazing. Uh, <laughs> this is very uh, Jesse Lee Peterson yeah. like Bible question of the day vibes. I love it. Yeah. Which like, by the way, I love how easily ninety percent of the Bible questions of the day have nothing to do with the Bible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're just Jesseisms. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's just like so mistitled. It should just be the question of the day. Uh, anyway, what 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 is a man I, I mean obviously i could you know just say biological male and give a weak answer but um yeah i i, I think a man is is necessarily a biological male but in addition uh is someone who has uh, succeeded at some kind of rite of passage into manhood, and that doesn't have to be a distinct moment. Uh, yeah. But you know, you have to embody a set of characteristics within your culture uh, that everyone agrees when they look at you. Like, no, that's a man. Like, he, he's among the men of this society, and everyone knows it when they see it. And it doesn't matter if they can define it. Like, they know what a man is. Uh, it cannot be reinvented, uh, despite what the propagandists want you to think. So <laughs> I, I guess it's a non-answer. It's just, uh, you know, people know a man when they see a man. There's no argument. Yeah. Well, what is a woman? Uh... Uh, I, I would give the same sort of definition it is uh, necessarily a biological female. Uh, but in addition, people know a woman when they, they see it. It's, uh, you know, like someone who is maternal and embodies female archetypes. Uh, it, yeah. So I guess in general, my answer is that, you know, being a man, being a woman is uh, a biological reality in addition to embodying an archetype. Yep. I like that. Can one earn love and respect? Um, can one earn love and respect? I mean, with... Uh, earn is such a funny word. Uh, <laughs> like, can your works... I, I mean... Can your works produce love and respect? 
I... Can you do something to gain love and respect, or does it happen naturally? I think uh, you could take the... uh the biblical argument here uh what is it uh like the book of james talks about uh, i mean you know the catholics will point to that one line about uh what is it like uh faith without works is dead right but like if you read that book in larger context it's all about how works are the natural outflowing of faith uh, you know, where there is faith, there will be works. So yeah. where you want to be respected, I think there's a similar mechanism. If I want to be respected, truly want, not just demand respect, right? The weak demand respect. I demand that you respect me. Like I'm a beautiful woman. Uh, you know, <laughs> so, someone who inevitably is neither beautiful nor a woman will say that sort of thing. Um, but, you, you know, like... If we can go with the word earn, if, if you want to actually have the love and respect of another specific person, you will, in your heart of hearts, know what it takes to have them love and respect you. And if you're willing to actually submit yourself to that process, you will earn that love and respect. Uh, it's just the same as, you know, if you actually want to have faith in God, you will, you know, become sanctified through that earnest desire yeah yeah well said is suffering a good thing uh i think well the suffering itself i'd say is neither good nor bad um but the there there is such a thing as building character i mean that's just obvious uh so, like, I don't know, if if you just get, like, if you're getting, like, physically abused or, like, put through the ringer, like, I, I don't know if, like, the pain itself is necessarily a good thing, but if you respond to adversity and choose to, you know, be better for it, uh, I think you're the choices you make in response to suffering can be good. So, I don't know, maybe that's like a stoic answer. Uh, More about the response than the actual stimulus, but yeah. Yeah. Well, contrary to that, is safety a good thing? I do not believe so. Uh, Well, it's, I would again say it's intrinsically neither good nor bad. Uh, It's just sort of you know a concept but uh the there's probably no slower poison for most people than safety and comfort yeah. uh yeah, yeah it's good it's good that. to you you have you have to live on the boundary between order and <laughs> chaos uh <laughs> yeah you do a really good impression of them yeah was that like a Thank Kermit you. impression that has turned into a JBP or is that like an authentic JBP? No, I mean, like, as I said earlier, I watched like hundreds of hours of Jordan Peterson. So I, I picked up the mannerisms or not like the bodily mannerisms, but like I definitely have deconstructed all of his uh, sayings. 
Uh, I used to be much better at it, but the, so I'll, I'll tell you the secret and the, the listeners at home can see if this works for them. But uh, with any impression, you need an anchor word. And that's the word that like gets you into the voice. And it's gotta be something that you like really know how to say as that character. So uh, good like Jordan Peterson anchor words are no and not because you can really lay on the silly Canadian accent. So you'd be like, yeah. no, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and once you, so like, if you notice, like I will generally start with like, no, like, well, no, uh, when I'm doing Jordan Peterson. And that's cause like, I need to hit that anchor early. Cause if I just start saying like banana, like, I, I don't know, well now I'm in it, but it, it's like harder when you start with certain words. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the you know is the thing I always remember about like him. That's a very Canadian thing in general, but you know, you know, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I say it too, but it's just very noticeable when he says it, kind of like at the end of "quote unquote" making a point. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. <laughs> um, well, are we living in the best of times or the worst of times? Well, if you buy into that meme about hard times and good men or whatever, uh, yeah. we're clearly in some degree of transition from uh, like the weak men, hard times, uh, strong men cycle. Like we've certainly seen the weak men. Uh, we're beginning to see the uh, the hard times, and that that will probably cover our lifetime so i guess i'm gonna say the worst of times but you know like it, just like with suffering like it's just an opportunity to make the right choice so yeah. uh, i actually do think that it's going to be good for people's faith and family and communities uh if we do endure a you know a nice tasteful amount of suffering i'm not cheering for it but it, yeah. it, it's going to be an outcome yeah, accepting it, not striving for it or <laughs> wanting it or enjoying it, but just kind of accepting it as a natural process. Yeah, it's just what's happening. It's it's just going to happen. So <laughs> do you think so? Let's say that that cycle is real, right? I'd, I'd believe it is. I think it's a cyclical thing that does just happen. Um, do you think that we are we have crossed over into that hard times or are we still in the weak men phase? We are at peak weak men, for sure. So I don't know what's the lag between, like, being fully saturated in weak men. And, like, it's not going to get any weaker at this point. Because, like... I mean, the men are literally women. So, like... Yeah. <laughs> like, literally and, and, like, cutting, their, cutting their genitals off and they are, like, becoming women. So... Yeah, that's like forty percent of like, <laughs> what? What's the, like the percentage of Gen Z that identifies as some kind of alphabet letter now? It's like forty percent, right? Like it, it's insane. So we're we're at like peak week, man. I, I really don't think it can go much further than this because people do have a natural impulse to not be like total goblins. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> and I think we've kind of hit the like the amount of people that are gonna be weird um so the question is uh, how long does it take from having like the weakest society in generations to actually suffering for it does it take a year or 50 years i don't know 
but like you know we're saturated so it's baked into the cake so we're gonna see when it happens Yeah, it's interesting too. I was thinking about this the other day because I was on the same topic, like thinking about that cycle um, and how like other societies right now in, in this reality we're existing in, right, are on a different point in that. So like think of Russia, like Russia's getting into like their strong men phase, you know, like they're coming out of their hard times. You know, their hard times was in the 80s and the 90s and the early 2000s. And now they're starting to go into that strong men phase or they're in it. And then we're almost yeah. at the opposite end of that spectrum. Like we are, we've had good times. We're definitely entering into the weak men phase and either in or about to head into the hard times phase. So like, think of that reality of like, we're at the opposite end of our cycle. <laughs> yeah, like, it does seem like global... the... the... Well, like our our, the, our world is so globalized that like it's no longer like so abstract and different. It's like we are now literally interacting with each other as we're on different ends of that cycle. So that's going to be very interesting yeah, to see how that plays out. I think we are seeing a realignment of like sort of who is the moral superpower on the uh, world stage, at least in terms of like there's no good leaders like there i don't know like people can like meme like oh putin's based or whatever but no, come on yeah. like you can find yeah. a bunch of things like he's like terrible with the covid regime stuff like among other things um but i think you can look at the populations and see who are now the moral superpowers of the world and it seems like it's you know sort of like Eastern Europe and Russia are like the moral superpowers right now. Uh, they're definitely like the most genuinely like Christian. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's pockets uh, throughout all of Christendom. Like, uh, you know, I'm not gonna like say that you know the West has fallen completely, but there's a remnant in the West, and like there's actually still just a strong dominant Christian culture in Eastern Europe and Russia. Uh, and even in like Asia, you've got the rise of Christianity in China, which, I, 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 if not illegal, it's certainly bad for your social credit score. So like, there's, <laughs> yeah. like, there's better Christians there in yeah. some sense. Like, how many churches shut down in 2020 in America, and then how many people are just having church in the catacombs in China yeah. right now? <laughs> yeah, literally on farms and in caves, like despite the political pressure and the persecution yeah <laughs> yeah that's true yeah i think wherever the morality is and is not that's kind of a sign of like true strength it's hard to measure that yeah right it's and, and eventually they're not like it matters and not like it's the goal but there will be material rewards for the societies that uh Ha exhibit the best true morality like that is a biblical concept you know when yeah. when when the nation is virtuous like it, it thrives so like we are seeing america at its least virtuous uh in ever i, I don't know a long <laughs> time and we're about to not thrive uh, <laughs> as a result of that yeah but, uh, you know, like maybe that's like a white pill of the Chinese century or whatever, if we're indeed entering one. It's like, you know, what if they somehow just become like a, uh, like a 
if not a Christian nation, then one with a healthy Christian population. Like, maybe that's like just part of God's plan if that happens that way. Yeah, I did a deep dive on China and it's very interesting because it's really interesting seeing how skewed and grappled the sources are. You know, where people that are like kind of the underground people talking about like Christianity in China are like, there's a hundred million Christians in China right now and it's growing. And we think it might actually be up to like 400 million Christians by like 2060, right? But then when you hear the official numbers, right? You talk, <laughs> what like the government's saying and the media is saying, it's like, oh, it's only a, 10, a couple 10 million, 20 million, 30 million Christians. And so you kind of want to believe the people who are like in the underground, but then it's like, how are they... How can those people? How could they know? It, yeah, right. You know, so it's like it's kind of weird. Of like, who do you trust? The official sources who like are probably lying, or do you trust the people who are like not lying, but they probably don't have the means to actually know and quantify and predict? You know, so it's tough to understand. But regardless, there's tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions, of Christians in China, and like you're saying, like their faith is genuine. They're not just cultural, you know, because it's actually the opposite. It's they actually do face persecution. If it's not outright violence and loss of possessions or, or freedom, it's definitely not promoted in the culture. It's not cool. It's actually the opposite. You know, <laughs> you're going to kind of look down upon for being a Christian. And yet they are. And yet they're proud of it. And yet they go out of their way to be one, like despite the consequences socially or physically or um in terms of like health and security and supposedly it's growing it's growing like 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 wildfire so that would be interesting like 50 years from now if china is the christian <laughs> remnant of earth you know and like the hundreds of millions whereas right now everyone pretty much considers them to be like atheist and communist and evil right or some kind of other denomination buddhist or taoist or hindu We'll we'll know uh, when the axis has truly flipped if Alex Jones becomes like really pro-China, <laughs> like just like ninety-year-old Alex Jones, just talking about like the Americoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be the Chai Coms. It'd be like the Chai, the Chai Chais, the, the Chai Cries, the Chai Christians. <laughs> yeah. Um, well. Is drinking alcohol cool or not? Uh, it's not cool. Um, <laughs> I think. Um, I don't know. I don't take like the hardline like Baptist position of like uh, just no amount of alcohol is acceptable, and like every time the Bible talks about wine they meant grape juice or whatever like that that kind of gets a little weird but uh <laughs> there's it, there's no doubt that like the bible is against drunkenness and like yeah. gluttony so like if if we are supposed to be drinking as christians it's like a glass like once a week you know uh, is like so I, i've been like severely moderating my intake uh i actually am trying to only have 100 drinks this calendar year that that, that was my little mission uh, i've been like tracking them in a little spreadsheet so 
Moderation. Moderation's cool. (laughs) That's awesome. Are you going to meet the goal? Yeah, I've had uh, 91 so far. So I got nine to finish out the year. Uh, I'll be fine. Right on, man. Good for you. That's awesome. Thank you. Is porn a sin? Clearly. Yeah. (laughs) Not just bad, but uh, not just a psychological operation, but a sin. Yeah, undoubtedly. I I mean, what what other... I don't know. I'd love to, like, get inside of the head of, like, some of these, like, female pastor, like, progressive, quote-unquote, Christians on, like, Twitter who, like, post all these inflammatory liberal takes and try to like justify it with the bible like i'd love to just get inside their brains but like <laughs> like you'll see like people's attempt to like be like no christianity is like sex positive or whatever uh, and it's like what part of like <laughs> if your eye offend you pluck it out like it yeah. is not clear to you like <laughs> yeah like, like if you uh, think a lustful thought, you've already sinned in your heart. Like, I, I just don't know, like, what you can do with those two passages and be like, yeah, but like, sex work is still Christian. <laughs> yeah, it's cool that I'm a pastor and I have an OnlyFans account, <laughs> which was literally Dude, there's a there's a pole that. dancing pastor. <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, again, I say pastor in quotes. Right, yeah, quote unquote. Like a, that's, that's what they a, a, identify as. That doesn't mean they are. Yeah, right. a self-identified <laughs> pastor. It's it's, yeah. it's a First Timothy 2.12 violation. But, uh, yeah. Regardless, like there's some pole dancing, quote unquote, pastor. It's yeah, there's crazy. There's an pastor and, you know, gay and trans up the yin yang. <laughs> Yeah, isn't it like one of the the head uh, Methodists, I think, is like some trans woman. I don't even remember in which direction this person transitioned. But, yeah. Yeah. but just away from God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever direction yeah. it was, it was just in the, in the opposite direction of God. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was a funny, I, I don't even know her name. The, but there was like a porn star that was like an older porn star girl or something, woman, I guess, quote unquote woman, who like went to some TPUSA event. Oh yeah, Brandy Love. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, you know, so of course like there's backlash and controversy and of course everyone on the right, everyone, all the Christians are like, dude, you're a porn star. <laughs> like get out of the movement, you know. Um, but, you know, the TPUSA, like those like neo con those neo ink or the conservative ink people are like oh it doesn't really matter like because obviously they're not christian they're just doing like political physical earthly gains with their quote-unquote conservatism but they were like trying to justify it you know and i think to this day it's still kind of a debate like is it okay for porn stars to be in the quote-unquote conservative movement or not and of course the christians are like no but she tried to pull out a bible verse so i just thought this was so funny because she used uh, something out of context from First Corinthians, and I forget exactly which verse it was. But you know, it's, of course, she's just probably Google searched like a "Thou shall not judge" <laughs> verse, right? Pulls that out of context, has no understanding of what 
first corinthians is about <laughs> like first corinthians is literally like the whole letter is just paul writing to the I mean, church that, that's the one that's like anti-coomer that's like yeah, the most it's, like it's literally like puritanical letter it's like 11 or 12 chapters of paul basically being like hey everyone in corinth stop listening to false teachers and stop being a degenerate pervert <laughs> Like that's yeah. pretty much, could you summarize first Corinthians simply? It would be like, Hey, there's a bunch of false teachers out there leading you astray from Jesus. And you guys need to stop being degenerate perverts. <laughs> so what is this like false quote unquote false teacher, you know, use is uh, one of those out of context verses, you know, it's just really funny and ironic how that happens, you know, where it's like, I'm going to try to prove how much of a Christian I am by, <laughs> showcasing to the world how little i actually know about following jesus and what the gospel well is. you know what the funny thing is is that uh is. there was at least one uh libertarian who i w will not name uh <laughs> who like attempted to like scoop up brandy love like into like like oh you should like look into libertarianism instead we'd love to have you <laughs> and then everyone just like made yeah. so much fun of this guy just like uh, we need less of this crap, please. Like, <laughs> this is why no one takes you seriously. <laughs> yeah, it would make sense, though. It seems like it would be the inevitable result of where a lot of porn stars would end up if they're getting real into the politics and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, do as thou wilt. Just don't <laughs> violate the non-aggression principle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yikes. <laughs> Don't tread on me, says Satan. <laughs> the snake. <laughs> um, yep. Well, is abortion murder? Yeah. Yeah. Simple, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you're getting one word answers for the easy ones. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, I just want to know. Should Christians own guns? Uh... Should they? I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I've seen people try to argue that it's, like, a moral imperative just, like, taking the, you know, that one verse from, like, Luke about uh, selling your cloak and buying a sword. It's like, yeah. well, like, you, you can't say that that's, like, a universal imperative because that's something he said to his immediate disciples in a certain place and time, at a, you know, a place and time that was very dangerous for them since yeah. you know most of them ended up getting martyred within their lifetimes <laughs> um yeah, but I've heard, I've heard very good oh yeah sorry oh yeah no i mean certainly there's no moral problem with gun ownership so that, that's my answer is like you know either way but there's certainly no problem with it but yeah go on well, I heard a good, uh, someone was making a good point about that too, about um, how the apostles had swords on them. Like Peter was like literally carrying, <laughs> you know, Peter pulled out yeah. a sword and used it and Jesus had to be like, hey, hey, not now. <laughs> it's cool that you have that, but right now is not the moment, Peter, let, let this happen, you know? So like, that's kind of like, even though it doesn't explicitly say it, like that pretty much means like, you know, Jesus is walking around with guys who are packing. <laughs> with the guns of their day, right. kind of you know i mean in in like a years-long ministry if he really had a problem with all weapons uh, of course he would have disarmed all of the apostles right yeah <laughs> he would have had them turn in their guns to the roman authorities <laughs> yep 
because the Roman authorities have legion, and uh, you know if legions, you, you guys with your swords have are no match to Roman legions. Uh, so just hand them over, <laughs> hand over your arms. Um, do you believe in ghosts? Uh, I believe in the Holy Ghost. Um, <laughs> yes, Amen. <laughs> I, you're passing I, the I, test. I, you're you're passing this test with flying colors, Steph. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like it's sort of the ghost hunters' conception of ghosts. It's like I would say that those are just demons. Uh, they're not like the residual soul of. Uh, you know, a, a person. Uh, th I mean, there's no theological justification for that. Uh, there's theological justification for demons. So. Yeah. Do you believe dinosaurs existed? Uh, no. Uh, that's. Uh, nah. No, that's definitely one of my pet conspiracies is uh, how shaky the whole dinosaur theory is is um yeah i don't know I've, I've gone down this rabbit hole in the past a bunch but like really th th there's a lot of like siloed information <clears throat> like you're not allowed to see the original bones all the bones on display are like fake or like made out of plaster and there's been yeah. so many hoaxes and the all the carbon dating and like radiometric dating is like super unreliable and they've got caught like falsifying the dating before so the whole thing just kind of like stinks to high heaven and this is the same scientific complex that's willing to lie about <clears throat> global warming the moon landing uh <laughs> yeah nutrition uh, <laughs> pretty big pretty yeah. big lie there and uh, observably false for anyone who just cares to change their diet for a month so like you know all these people know how to do is lie so the dinosaur narrative no i, I gun to head i think they're fake yeah yeah <laughs> a good uh you know owen benjamin kind of broke that for me and he made some really compelling points about how you know all the dinosaur bones we have quote unquote dinosaur bones that we have in museums and stuff yeah not only are like fake like the replicas they're plaster but they were all found on land that was actually owned by the crown the british crown which i looked up and is true apparently <laughs> so that's suspicious right and then if you really stop like step back and think of like Shouldn't, like, construction sites be, like, finding fossils all over the place? Like, how many skyscrapers are digging, like, 10 stories, 30 stories underground? And, like, not once are they stopping construction because, hey, we just we just dug into a, a fossil, you know? And, oh, we now have to delay construction and cost all these people money because that's a dinosaur bone we really need to, like, preserve. You never hear about that. <laughs> Yeah, there's all, you know, all this like only... weird special. They, they like they'll argue that it's like, well, the fossilization conditions only exist in this one specific set of circumstances here, where only we're allowed to dig. Like yeah. it always comes down to this like in the place that is owned by the British Crown. 
<laughs> so weird. Yeah, or, or now China. All, all, the, all yeah. the fake bones are from China. It's so weird that, like, it only happens in land that's owned by, the you know, the corrupt people, the grabblers of the, the government. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, how old is the Earth, and what shape is it? Uh... I, I'm just gonna take a safe answer here and say not billions of years old. Uh, <laughs> like, look, if if you want to, like, be because, the guy because it's who goes through, right? Yeah, <laughs> because it's good. If, if you want to, if you want to play the game of. Uh, like trying to age the earth by like looking at scripture or whatever uh look if you told me it's six thousand or if you told me it's sixty thousand i'm equally willing to believe those uh it's just like it's not these exorbitantly large numbers that are always used to like obfuscate scientific theories that are used to cover up god like <clears throat> it's the same game with evolution geology uh cosmology if you just use really big numbers you can talk about these like magic phenomena that are so insanely rare but they totally have to happen in a really big number like it's yeah. the same game it's like well yeah evolution doesn't make any sense but like eventually a bunch of goo was gonna make life like from a statistical standpoint like that's why the numbers are really big for all these theories like what is it like 14 trillion years old i don't even whatever they say the universe is it's like <laughs> it, yeah. it needs to be that because that's like a rhetorical necessity for these theories so uh, whatever, however old the Earth is, it's tens of thousands probably or less. I don't know. Uh, but um, and what shape is it? I I, I will say that uh, though I think space is fake, I am completely agnostic about the shape of the Earth question. Uh, I find the. You know, I'd love to go out and replicate some of those line of sight experiments myself uh, with the flat earth stuff because that stuff is like really weird but that doesn't mean I'm a true believer it's just like oh that's weird if true big if true <laughs> yeah or flat if true <laughs> yes yeah small if true yeah yeah um I think I, I don't know if you can see my screen. I don't know if you're you're peeking on the on the live stream, but the background of the stream is like you know the Appalachian Mountains. So clearly the okay. Earth isn't flat, right? I think that's like a psyop spell to like mix and muddy the waters, right? Like clearly the Earth isn't flat, <laughs> right? Like there's mountains, there's valleys, there's you know. So I think it's just like we don't really know what the shape of the Earth is. It could be anything. But I think the reality of the firmament and the fact that like up there is like pretty close to being the end is kind of undeniable. So whether it's like we're a ball in a bigger ball <laughs> or we're some kind of fairly flat shape in a dome, like whatever it is, like there's a firmament and we can't get out of it. Like and God made right. this place and we're inside of it and there's no getting out of it until after our death until the, the day we go meet him and his kingdom which is outside of it you know 
But I think in this life, in this place, we are enclosed in the firmament, whatever that is. That's the, that's the argument the of flying around is, is kind of silly and almost like muddied waters, you know? Right. W whatever the true shape is, like, I, I think what happens when, like, governments go to space is that they realize uh, whatever this is, like, we've hit some kind of limitation. Like, it, yeah. the, it, it, this isn't this, like, sci-fi fantasy where we can just fly up into space and it's really easy and, like... Uh, you know, we're going to become an interstellar civilization or whatever. There's some realization up there where everyone just goes like, oh, crap. And that's why we <laughs> never get real photographs of the Earth from space. Like, there's something that is being hidden. I don't know what it is. But, like, inevitably, they are hiding something. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll know one day. It just might not be here and now <laughs> in this life. Uh, do you wash your apples? Uh, well, I have an apple tree on Ooh, my property, uh, so I don't wash those apples. Dope. Uh, those washed <laughs> by the rain. Uh, Based. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, I do wash my apples if I buy store-bought, especially if they're cheaper apples. I mean, there's definitely stuff on them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> definitely stuff on them. <laughs> Do you think straws have one hole or two holes? Okay, there's a definitive answer to this. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. Finally, uh, finally, someone can answer this for me. Okay, I, I, I mean, so I, I, like, I went to school for math, right? So in in the field of topology, this is exactly what you research or study is um the genus of a surface, which is Basically, if I have the infinite ability to mutate this surface without punching any holes in it, uh, what other surfaces are equivalent? So as an example, uh, a sphere is the same as like a big piece of like, as a big smushed sphere, right? If you just like pound it out like a ball of dough and make a pizza crust. That's really the same surface as a, a sphere. It's just deformed. Um, so, like, a donut is the same as a straw. Because a straw is just a deformed donut. Uh, so, you know, you can imagine, like, you know, very meticulously taking a donut made of Play-Doh and stretching it out into a tube. And then, what is a tube but a straw? So the answer is that it's it's genus one. It has one hole topologically. Uh, so it is exactly one hole. Ooh, I like that. But wouldn't it technically be an infinite amount of holes? Uh, <laughs> not ac not according to this definition. I Wrench mean, in your theory, isn't it an infinite? <laughs> Can't you not calculate it because it has an infinite amount of them? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. One hole. <laughs> oh, okay, good. I thought I was going crazy there. Thanks for straightening me out. Uh, <laughs> would you rather be deaf or blind? Uh, in this day and age, it's probably better to be deaf than blind. Uh, actually, my uh, I, there's uh, it, a couple of deaf people in my wife's side of the family so there's people who know sign language and stuff 
and how to read lips. So probably be an easy transition to yeah. it, it, to be deaf. So I'll choose deaf. Would you rather be a ninja or a pirate? Uh, pirate sounds like gayer. <laughs> so I'm gonna say ninja. Awesome. Uh, would you rather have a castle or an airship? Castle. Ooh, yeah. Are square pizza slices superior to triangle? Uh, no, no, no. Tri <laughs> arcs. P God made pizza in arcs, and. <laughs> Square pizza is a, is a man-made perversion, especially Southerners. Southerners are responsible for this. It's like, uh, oh, I'm going to go to the CeCe's Pizza Buffet, and I'm going to get this circle that someone, like, cut into a grid pattern. Oh, and it's a dessert pizza that tastes like a cinnamon bun, and it's under a heat lamp. The South will rise. The South will rise again in, in, a, in the guise of a CeCe's Pizza. Uh, yeah, y'all are just trying to provoke a second civil war by by mutilating pizza. Yeah, well, infiltrating the big pizza and uh, taking it down as the uh, first blows of the next civil war. <laughs> Ice cream or cake? Uh, ice cream, I guess. Like gelato is pretty good. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Is cereal soup? Is cereal a soup? Yeah. Uh, I guess technically. Damn, I really... <laughs> who comes up with the, these questions, man? Me slash yeah, I guess the zeitgeist. Technically, it's a soup, but like, I just want you to know that I hate that question. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Um, are clowns funny or scary? Uh, I don't think they're funny, but, uh, like, all right. Uh, I was having this discussion with my wife recently. Uh, it was, like, what would be acceptable things for, like, our children to grow up and want to do? Uh, and she asked, like, what, what, if, what if our kid wanted to be a clown? And my answer was, if they want to be a clown in the classical tradition... I'm okay with it. Like, you know, one of those, like, serious artistic clowns. <laughs> like, but like a mime? I, I don't like think a... of Yeah, a mime would be okay. That's kind of cool. Uh, um, I've never laughed at a clown. So yeah, I guess I they're have, scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially if it's your own son. <laughs> what did you... The horror of <laughs> raising your son wrong is... <laughs> in the in the act itself uh do you wash your feet in the shower uh i guess yes but not very thoroughly i could be i could be doing better <laughs> yeah what is your spirit animal uh uh the 
the rat. The humble <laughs> rat. Yeah, dope. <laughs> the humble rat. I like that. Is Twitter destroying humanity? Uh, I mean, I think... Uh, if you listen to Uncle Ted, uh, the sort of greater uh, technological society is destroying humanity. Uh, and uh, I would attribute that to it being basically the, a satanic system. Uh, so Twitter is certainly part of the beast that is destroying humanity. Uh, it, it's not the worst part of it, but... Uh, I, I derive some value out of it, but yeah, uh, we need to return to monkey. <laughs> Except not literally. <laughs> yeah. and the meme, the meme not the reality, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have any questions for me? Oh, boy. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to snipe your bit and say, did you have fun? <laughs> oh, that's coming. Don't worry. <laughs> okay um i don't know man how, how you doing how's your day been <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good i went to the gym for the first time in like a month i've been slacking on that so the legs are uh pretty sore did leg day to start it off nice got a new gym too um my uh my gym membership expires and i just got a new job and the boss got me a gym membership so i went to a new gym oh, for the awesome. first time today and uh, it's kind of cool and weird at the same time. It's like one of those, like it used, it literally used to be like a factory, like a warehouse, and they just like turned it into like a entirely open space gym. So I've never been in like a gym where like there's not different sections to it. It's really just like everyone in one big giant room, but it was nice. But then it was also like really scantily clad women, you know, which I really mm. don't like. I wish it was like men only <laughs> or just not ho central. <laughs> so that was kind yeah, of Yeah, you know that like and... uh that Sam Hyde bit like I want to start a gym called Guy Heaven for dudes only. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, that but not a comedy bit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, but I like, you know, so I purposely like I go out of my way to like literally not make eye contact and just like divert my eyes. But then it's like when there's four of them around you and it's just one giant room with mirrors all over it. It's like literally impossible, even if you're like trying, you know, so that's like annoying. It's like I just want to work out, not like play this weird like game where I'm <laughs> trying to like focus yeah. my attention like on the ceiling or on the wall or something or on the ground. But, right, um, one day you're just going to like start screaming like I'm not looking at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone turns around. Trust me, I'm not crazy. I'm not the crazy one, you're the crazy one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, overall good, really good machines and equipment and stuff. It was, it was, it's, it's nice. Um, it's good and bad. It's the best of times and the worst of times. <laughs> Yeah, I did that. Um, last month I did Legion of Bears, which is like his challenge for like the people in the bear community. Um, it was pretty dope. It actually was like pretty like spiritually um, uplifting. We had to wake up at 5 a.m. every day and do a workout, like kind of a simple like push-up, sit-up, squat, lunge, burpee routine that would kind of alternate. And we had to read two chapters of the Bible every day. No masturbating at all. No squirting. Even if you have a wife, 
and you're not basically the only stipulation for um cooming would be if you're actively trying to make a baby with your wife so any kind of like casual sex any masturbation strictly prohibited no sugar no uh tobacco or weed or alcohol so it's pretty tough The, the sugar part was really tough for me and um the workout part was like kind of tough and the waking up exactly at five every day was kind of tough but the rest of the stuff i like do pretty actively so it's kind of easy in some ways but difficult in others but yeah the sugar part was really tough (laughs) like literally sweating at night because i can't just like have like especially like right after halloween and during thanksgiving it was kind of tough not to like eat pie and eat candy but yeah Yeah, dude uh, i think sugar like sugar and porn are probably the two most addictive things in modern society (laughs) like for sure, especially because like there's not that much social stigma around them, especially sugar. Like it's like it, people almost stigmatize not eating sugar. It's like, come on, yeah. man, just have the cookie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then I forgot that the last part was one meal a day. So that was real tough because that's kind of my battle oh, in my life is gluttony is uh been a, been a rough battle this last year where I've done really good for a month or two and then I like fall back and then I have to like okay start over do really good for a month and then you know fall back and so that's kind of exactly too what happened was this month I did a really good job of one meal a day and then it was like finally it's over and so like the last three or four days it's been bad <laughs> so now it's like day one again of all right I messed up for what five days four days um and yeah drop but i did drop 15 pounds um dang dude in one month yeah so most of that was uh i wasn't doing weights at all i was just doing like push-ups sit-ups burpees some cardio stuff walking around kind of doing like some sprinting so now i'm back to the weights so hopefully i can keep that 15 off and then keep going a little bit with it because i still got a, a gut to lose but um, yeah, I'm back on the weights. I kind of took a month off of doing like actual lifting. <laughs> so it was a good month and then I had a bad last week and then now it's like, all right, game time again. And now you got me pumped up and hyped up to go try some uh, some liver <laughs> and to retry my uh, the slonging of the eggs. But uh, doing it right this time. Yeah, man. Hey, just like <laughs> two or three a day. You, you just got to build that habit and then you'll yeah. want more. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a go. <laughs> I just never Heck thought yeah. of mixing it out. Yeah, mixing it up. Yeah, but right on. Is there any uh, plugs or shout-outs you want to give to the people? Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, just go to Spotify and search Wigger under podcasts, <laughs> and then you'll find not a podcast. <laughs> So ch- check that out it's yeah. uh it's a very lowbrow comedy podcast but we uh it's not it's not antichrist uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's probably probably a little low culture for your viewers but hey no no it's a fun time you, you and the boys are always fun even if i think um half the half the gang is degenerate sinners that need to repent they're still funny and they're still likable, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And, you know, there's always time. There's always hope. There's always time for them to overcome. <laughs> but, yeah, funny funny and love, likable and lovable at the same time. Um, and then, of course, you know it. You know it's coming. You've been waiting for it. Last question of the night. Did you have a fun time tonight? I did. <laughs> awesome. It's good to hear. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me. <laughs> What's going on, y'all? All my dudes, all my ladies out there, hope you're doing well. Hope you're having fun this holiday season. Just wanted to let you know real quick about two companies. Hear me out on this. Two companies I'm not sponsored by at all. Zero money has ever come from these two businesses to me at all. I just wanted to shout them out, give them some props, give you some tips out there if you're looking for um, some shopping gifts this holiday season and you want to support like some actually good dudes doing good things um, with American-made products that actually have proceeds going to good people in good places. I just wanted to give you the tips and the shout-outs to that. This right here, Mountain Folk, you can buy beautiful, comfy hats like this, this dope American bear hat that's super-duper comfy. I wear it all the time, but I make sure not to get it dirty because it's so awesome. And shirts like this, you can find them M-T-N-F-O-L-K-S-H-O-P at Mountain Folk Shop on Instagram or I believe it's also at F-O-L-K-M-T-N on Instagram. But more importantly, you can get their products um, at M-T-N-F-O-L-K-Shop. Um, proceeds from all the sales go to help actually fight uh, human trafficking, <laughs> which is pretty dope. You know that they're not just making money. Um, it's a good friend of mine. I actually used to play baseball with him in my high school team. He's gone on to do amazing things with photography and traveling and stuff like that. He's a dope dude doing cool stuff and he's not just making money. He's um, actually helping a good cause. Um, the proceeds actually going to stop human trafficking. <laughs> <laughs> pretty dope if you want to know where your money's going um, and if it's going to good places um, I can you can say you can say without a doubt that that's one um, also I wanted to shout out this dope company um, I just got their products I can't recommend it enough dissident soaps um, you may have seen or heard of them on Twitter they make these dope awesome um, can't really see it with the glare natural soaps like legitimately natural products um made in america got the deodorant i've tried their soaps i've tried their shampoos they're legitimately awesome not too expensive and the extra little money you are spending on this product also is actually helping support good dudes doing good things um they're a based soap merchant <laughs> based af soap merchant they use all natural ingredients like for real like actually for real they don't just say that to push their products off the shelves or whatever no trash no sneaky chemicals inside they smell amazing they literally make you feel so clean no bs like i'm not just again i'm not getting paid for this i'm not just pitching this as some kind of product this is for real um that you know they don't do any woke politics um if you're a christian if you're a conservative if you're just a patriot a god america loving patriot um they are definitely the company that you're going to want to support. You know that they're not um, pushing the nonsense narratives out there. They are not willing participants in the Babylonian beast system. They don't sell out. They don't hold back. And all of their products are entirely made in the United States by American citizens. 
even down to the bottles themselves. Again, let me show this. Let me show you this one. This one's good. The bottles themselves, the caps, the plastic, like little seal on there, um, the shipping, like literally everything, they go out of their way to make sure that Americans are involved. American citizens, American companies are involved with everything. Um, so shout them out. Dissident Soaps, D-I-S-S-I-D-E-N-T-S-O-A-P-S.com. And then the same thing on Twitter, Dissident Soaps on Twitter. Follow them, subscribe to them, support them. Support Mountain Folk, M-T-N-F-O-L-K dot shop. Um, again, just two awesome companies. If you're looking for based products, <laughs> based companies to support, and you're you know wondering what you're going to buy for your Christian American male friends out there or family out there, um, support them with this stuff and this stuff. Dope companies, dope products. I just wanted to shout that out, let you guys know about it. Um, again, not paid, not paid at all. They don't even know if I'm making this right now. I just wanted to shout that out right now so that you can buy um, this holiday season to support good companies and get awesome products for your like white Christian American male friends out there or just anyone. Ladies, I mean, obviously ladies, there's ladies attire at the shop. You can, ladies can use this soap. It's not, <laughs> it's not going to turn you trans or turn you gay. Um, but yeah, again, check them out. DissidentSoaps.com and mtnfolk.shop. Hit them up, support them. Love you guys. Hope all is well and happy holidays.